Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hey, there's no woodworking saying that if all you have is a hammer, then every problem is a nail. Uh, the fact of the matter is the same thing can be for your personal evangelism. Today on The Scent Life, we want to talk about using tools in an effective way so that every person you meet isn't a nail. Thanks for joining us on The Scent Life. Hey, Keelan. Hey, Scott. How you doing? I'm well. How about you? I'm doing good. How was Easter? It was good. It was good. We had a good time. Yeah, did y'all look nice? I think so. Uh, it's deba- now, whether or not we look nice by the end of it is another question. Of course, you get the kids out into the live environment of, well, the real world, and things go south pretty fast. Yeah, everybody has great plans until it actually shows up, right? Yep. Hey, so, you know, this is in the seasonal evangelism, and we've dealt with evangelism in a whole different levels. Last uh, week, we dealt with evangelism uh, related to a big event, Easter Sunday. Right. We've dealt with evangelism from a deeply theological bent. What yeah. is the gospel? What is the Christian message? Uh, We've talked about evangelism relating to different authors and books and resources that we've tried to to highlight for our people. And today we want to just slow down and give some really practical tips for those that have hung on with us through this semester. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly right. So we don't want to hit the topic of evangelism for too long without pointing out some really important truths about evangelism. Uh, First off, Talking about evangelism is not the same as evangelizing, right? right. So we can, we can sit here and talk high level all we want to about all these concepts and all these things, but at the end of the day, if what's not happening is p- people out there actually sharing the gospel, then we're really just talking about a thing instead of doing the thing itself. Uh, and so this whole season for us, it doesn't really matter at all if we don't touch the ground. Mm-hmm. So today, we're going to try and talk about some ways that it can touch the ground in particular, We're going to look at some different tools and different ways to actually share the gospel so that hopefully people that are listening can have those in their back pocket. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the fact is that when we think about doing evangelism and we think about, uh, you know, sharing the gospel with people, a lot of folks approach this almost as a blank page. I don't Mm -hmm. even know where to get started. And even though we've, again, we've given some books and some conversations, uh, there are just some really practical tools that are at the fingertips of every person uh, listening to us. And so today we want to talk about what some of these tools are and how you can use them. I think we start off the conversation with really just an, an acknowledgement that using tools, whether it's a track or a marked up New Testament or you know images and pictures that you can draw on a napkin or um, you know even a, a, an abbreviated gospel presentation using different texts of Scripture— these tools are not bad. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we, I think in an era nowadays, at least people my age and perhaps younger, there's a bit of an aversion hmm. to the quote-unquote canned gospel presentation. And so you have this reticence almost to have any kind of tool whatsoever. But the problem with that is if we don't have anything that we've we've uh, kind of immersed ourselves in mm-hmm. or understand or know how to use well, if and when an opportunity for evangelism hits, the reverse tends to happen where That's we become point. a deer in the headlights and we don't really know where to go at all. And so in that moment, what do we do? We don't go anywhere. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, and I think that you're right. And so why do you think it is that there is such an aversion to 
evangelism that feels canned or feels pre-prepared or feels like, hey, somebody else wrote this and so I shouldn't use it. It's a bad thing if I lean on it. What is it, what is it that makes that feel, I don't know, dirty or inauthentic? Sure. I mean, I got a bunch of things I can pontificate on that one. Um, so there's an increased high value on authenticity. Okay. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing, right? Uh, in addition to that, I think we have, well, we've all probably seen some bad examples mm. of canned, uh, canned presentations. And so we're, we're afraid of that. Uh, you've got the fear, I think, of being marked down as, well, frankly, a Mormon or a mm. Jehovah's Witness. And so we feel like if we come into that environment, that, that may be – so there's a bit of cultural faux pas to it, I think. We've all got some examples where we've watched that really go poorly. Uh, and then on top of it, I think there's just this – well, this – I don't know. How do you say desire for us to be able to do more than uh, present, hmm. but instead listen and dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it, the – end of all of it. If, if that's what we're after, I, I think there's, you know, there's something really healthy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're afraid to be the people that just talk at somebody. Mm-hmm. At least I hope that's what we're afraid of. Right. And instead, we want to be the kind of people that listen. And if I'm just walking in with my presentation, maybe I'm not that. And I don't think any of that has to be true, though. Right. But I do think that that's some of the stuff that lies behind it. That's right. And I think that, I think that the, the key there is that in this desire for authenticity or the desire for dialogical evangelism or the desire to be open to relationship, uh, we almost end up flying out here with, you know, with no real help. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think about just a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago. We were on a mission trip, had a chance to talk with these two young ladies, and the conversation was a very natural conversation in the sense that we just started talking and went all over the place. But it was the idea that I had in my mind a canned evangelism outline Precisely. that helped me continue to bring that conversation back to where we needed to get to go the next step, the next step, the next step. And so having some type of tools, having some type of, of approach in evangelism is, is helpful. And so in this, uh, in this episode, we want to talk about tools. What are they? How do we understand the difference between them? How do we use them and how perhaps uh, can we can we approach them in a more helpful, beneficial way uh, that overcomes some of the negative stereotypes? And perhaps one of the first one we alluded to, kind of in the in the introduction to this podcast, and that is that tool that that evangelistic tools are just that they're tools. Yeah. And just like any tool, it has an appropriate use for an appropriate place. Uh, sometimes your personal testimony is the most effective way uh, mm-hmm. to share the gospel. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes using a tract is the most effective way. Or using the Roman road is a most effective way. Or drawing on a napkin is a most effective way. But if we only have one tool in one approach, then every single person we talk to has to fit in that one category. And then it is a little bit like this hammer and nail illustration that we used at the beginning. So I think that, that we start off the conversation thinking about tools to say they're not all bad, but we don't use the same tool equally effective in every circumstance. Yeah, that's exactly right. So tools themselves are, in essence, circumstantial. Yeah, uh, you've, There's no one-size-fits-all evangelism tool, as, as far as I can tell. And that's the, that's the nature of tools. That's how they work. If you think, think of your tool chest at right. home, you've got a hammer and a saw and a screwdriver and all these different things that are in there because there's different use cases. There's different instances where we need to be able to use those. And so uh, we, we don't 
want to assume uh, that one particular method is going to be omnicompetent mm -hmm. at engaging in all kinds of different circumstances. The way that I would engage, say, with my um, unbelieving family that mm -hmm. I've known for years, and if this conversation goes south, I still have to have Thanksgiving dinner with them next year, right. is very different than the kind of tool or the way that I would engage with somebody that I bump into at the mall. Mm. And I may never, well, probably never see this person again. Mm -hmm. And so the tools in those settings are going to be different. Right. I'm just still stunned that you go to the mall. Well, sometimes if it's raining outside and we need to walk little kids around, <laughs> There's no better place to do it than a mall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so when we think about tools, I think we can put them in a couple of different categories. Yeah. So one category, tool-wise, might be a story category. Yep. And another category might be theme-driven category. So when we, when we approach the conversation about tools categorically, we put them in these two different streams. Now, a lot of tools fit in the streams, but I think for the sake of conversation, let's talk about those. So when you hear story category and theme category, Keelan, what do you have in mind? Yeah, so if we think about the fact that the tool is really proclaiming the gospel, that's mm -hmm. what we're attempting to do here. So we've got a gospel message that we're trying to proclaim to people. There's a couple of different tacks that you can take for that. Uh, one mm -hmm. is to tell the story of the gospel throughout Scripture. Okay. And so you're going to look at broad themes like creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Okay. And so we start telling the narrative across Scripture mm -hmm. that leads to the importance of the gospel message and why Jesus is the answer to the fall. Right. Um, and so that's one way to do it. Now, the thematic approach, uh, for lack of a better way to talk about it, hits uh, really some of the systematic theological categories yeah. that you talk about, like sin and God's wrath and the need for sacrifice mm -hmm. or atonement, a forgiveness of those sins, those kind of categories. And so you'll approach the telling of the gospel message typically either by leaning into the story that Scripture gives us, right. the narrative that it gives us, or into the thematic categories that are presented uh, by the gospel itself. Either approach is a valid way to do it. I think we often get into a situation where we may have seen, and so my generation, I think, saw what they would consider a poor thematic approach at times, hmm. realized that in an increasingly secularized or in an increasingly post-Christian world around mm -hmm. them, uh, those categorical telling, so like sin may be defined very differently to somebody that doesn't right. have a religious background. And so the need for the narrative— hmm really leaned in in my generation. There's all kinds of conversation about, oh, you know, you really need to be able to fill in all the biblical categories and mm -hmm. the narrative approach is going to be able to do that for you. Um, I think we've got to be careful not to throw mm -hmm. the baby out with the bathwater there, though. Right. Both of those approaches are important and both have their place. Right. So let's think about this. So what, what are some of the tools that we could, we could put in that different category? So again, the story approach mm -hmm. is one that takes this overarching narrative that brings through, takes the reader on a journey through a story, storytelling. Thematic is really systematic theology yep. in microcosm focused on some scriptural theme that highlights the brokenness, the atonement, and the hope. So mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we approach this? So story category, what would be some tools that we might use uh, in this story category of, of, of evangelistic tools? Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of uh, models out there that use that creation, fall, redemption, restoration mm -hmm. Uh, paradigm in order to hang together uh, 
a telling of the gospel. So okay. one of those that you know, Dr. Robinson's been very involved right. in the story. I think is what what we what he calls that one. And so there's a really good example that you can get a hold of that just walks through that, and it does a bit of both. Right. It's, and that's another thing you'll see about a lot of these tools, right? There, some of them are story mm-hmm. and theme sure. in a sense, but they'll lean in one direction or the other. So you've got tools that do that. They'll walk through the major plot points of scripture. Right. Uh, in an evangelistic telling of kind of that message. Another one, and this is just really simple, is mm-hmm. your own personal testimony. Yeah. That is a story. Right. And so talking to people about your personal experience and what it has done for you, yeah. it's not the same as telling the gospel message, right? Because your testimony isn't mm-hmm. what we find in Corinthians that sure. is the gospel message. But it, it becomes a story way of then getting into a conversation about the gospel. So yeah, that's it a is, story approach. Yeah, it is your story. Right. And, and your story is the story of your interaction with the Christian message and the difference that Jesus made in your life. And so that those are, again, two tools, right? you got mm-hmm. the story, the tract, which is the story, or other narratival tellings of the biblical story. You use that as a tool, mm-hmm. or you use your personal testimony from the pers- perspective of a story. Now let's talk about thematic. Yep. This is the one that a lot of us are more comfortable with when we think about tools, because most of the tracts that we use yep. Or most of the uh, presentations that we use really fall under this thematic category. So one of them would be uh, the three circles tract, right? We get mm-hmm. the three circles. Thematically, this is dealing with the brokenness of the world and the fact that that we as individuals of our own effort can't fix the brokenness of the world and also the brokenness of our own heart. So that would be one theme, the brokenness of life, and that would be one tool that we could use when we deal with this. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, one that I often, it's a bit corny, but one that I often try to remind people when I talk about the, a thematic tool um, if you ever saw those bracelets that we made at VBS when we were all little kids. So you are telling your age. I'm telling you. So we had you had the little leather strap, and you'd put the like six or seven or eight, depending on how you did it, colored beads yep. on the bracelet. And each color talked about a different piece of mm-hmm. the, like, the, you know, the red is for the blood of Jesus, and then you've got the gold one that is mm-hmm. for the crown. And so, like, the whole thing around right. the black is sin. Um <laughs> That is a thematic telling of the gospel. That's a gospel tract right. on the arm, and it walks through a thematic telling, and it's it's a way that we used to approach it. That's right. Another would be the using the theme of sin, and uh, really we use kind of this tract, the Roman Road, mm-hmm. or maybe even the Four Spiritual Laws tract yep. that you use. Either one of those really deals with the theme of sin, guilt, uh, the need for forgiveness, uh, what does it take for a sinful person to be right with God. And you can see thematically the three circles. The theme is brokenness. How do you mm-hmm. restore the brokenness? Thematically sin. How do we deal with sin and the need for forgiveness? Yeah. Each tract really approaches, uh, the, the both of them are biblical, but they yeah. approach the theme differently, which then leads us to really this idea of the tool itself being kind of contextually appropriate. If you're talking with someone and the conversation is hammering out on or, or, or leading on the brokenness of the world, life doesn't make sense, where is justice, where is hope, a tool or, or, or telling like the three circles that you could use in the track, you could use on a napkin, makes sense in that conversation. If the theme of your conversation is, I feel guilty about sin, is there any hope for me, then a tool like the Roman Road or the Four Spiritual Laws begins to make sense because we tell, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's your theme of of, of uh, you know sin and forgiveness, which really deals with that. So the tool itself 
can be contextually, conversationally appropriate. And this is really, I think, the goal of this podcast. Absolutely. Which is that we can use tools, we should use tools, and tools themselves, rather than being something that we should hold off from a sense of aversion and think that they're fake or think that they're inauthentic, are really handles in any conversation that help us as we're presenting the gospel. So the goal then is be the master of the tool. Yeah, that's exactly right. So high-level summary here. Tools are not bad, but tools are not one-size-fits-all. So there's this benefit to having a bunch of different tools and having an understanding, being able to internalize a lot of these tools. Uh, And so what we would encourage you as a listener to do is to master tools. But one word of caution, and this gets back to that idea of authenticity, don't be mastered by them. There you go. So if we want to say it's good and right and proper for you to actually lean into some of these things, mm-hmm. learn them, understand how they work, practice them with one another, and be able to internalize what that tool is really trying to demonstrate about the gospel message. Because as you do that, the more of that you've done, the more often you use them, the more likely you are to be able to have a good conversation, a dialogical, authentic conversation with somebody where this tool frames for you and helps guide the conversation for proper gospel proclamation. So in that sense, we want you to master them. However, we don't want you to be mastered by Mm. them. And that's where that authenticity really comes in. Uh, It's good to learn them. It's good to be familiar with them because you never know when you're going to see a spot where it would be helpful in a conversation. However, Uh, they start looking inauthentic if we become slaves to the Mm, presentation. Uh, And if we are slaves to them in the way we do our evangelism, that's when, that's when it starts to feel like a sales pitch. That's right. Yeah. And I'm often asked, you know, I've written a book on evangelism, teach evangelism classes, end up in churches teaching evangelism. People say, man, if I could just use one tool, one thing, what is the best evangelism tool on the market today? And my answer is always the one that you will use. That's exactly right. Um, The best tool is the one that you will, in fact, use. Uh, Now, we just spent all this time talking about the benefit of all the tools. And at the end of the day, that's all true. But don't feel overwhelmed by this call. Instead, learn one well and learn to use that one well. And as you do that, learn more alongside of it. But at the end of the day, use the one you've got. Uh, it reminds me of that old D.L. Moody quote, right? When people are criticizing him for his evangelism, and he says, you know, I, I hear your your criticism. Sometimes I don't like the way I evangelize, but I like the way I evangelize better than the way you don't. <laughs> so that's true. So, hey, thanks for tuning in with us today. We hope that this conversation has been one that's more freeing than constraining. Right. Sometimes we end up in evangelism training, and we think this is the right way, the only way, the single way. What we want to do today is just say there are a lot of tools that can give you handles on how to be most effective in the way that you share your faith. Find the tools, use the tools, practice them, learn them. If there's any way that we can help you, uh, we want to be able to do that. Our mission here at Southeastern Seminary is to equip our students uh, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ as they reach the world and as they serve the church. And our commitment to you, our hearers, our listeners, is that that we would do the same. If there's any way that we can help you, don't hesitate to reach out. If you'd like some examples of these tools, we've got some. We'd like to mail them to you, give you an example of how those things can work. And so don't hesitate to reach out to us, and we'll be glad to help you get a handle on some of these as well. Thanks a ton for tuning in. Uh, pass this on to other people. If you would do that, we'd appreciate that as well. And as always, thank you for listening to The Sentinel.